So welcome to episode 31 of Super High Sci-Fi. We've been away for uh, a while, actually. So those pesky real-life things kind of cropped up and, and ruined scheduling for the three of us. But uh, Grant and Justin are here. I'm, of course, here because I'm speaking. And we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, including Terminator 2, one of the best sci-fi movies ever made, another James Cameron masterpiece. But first, there are a couple news items yeah, Justin's looking like he wants to suck a dick right now. I'm saying you're sucking James Cameron's dick right now, but hey, it's justified in this case. Name a bad James Cameron movie. Avatar. Okay, name a commercially <laughs> unsuccessful James Cameron movie. <laughs> yeah, that was easy. <laughs> name one that didn't make money. Uh, did The Abyss make money? I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah all of his movies make money. Okay. I actually like The Abyss. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, actually. No, I, I liked it. I just... They went through the trouble of flooding a nuclear reactor cooling silo to film their underwater base. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, there's a lot we'll, of fun we'll stories. We'll talk about that when we review The Abyss, right? Yeah, some oh. great, great uh, on-set Okay, so it's stuff. on the list, I guess. But... I, now it is. Yeah. It's sci-fi. But anyway, uh, I know you want to talk about The Martian, and we definitely should, but first, I want to talk about Star Wars, because of all the Star Wars shit that's just been vomited out of J.J. Abrams' asshole over the past couple months. And a lot of the toys and stuff have come out, like they're ramping up for Christmas and trying to get everybody excited, like, oh, you got to buy these toys, buy these toys. Yeah, it's, the merchandise is going to be leading the movie by, it says, like a year and a half. But that's not really too different from what they're doing currently with Episode 7. Well, I'm no, but I think that we knew more about Episode 7 before they started saying, like, you love this BD, B8, BB-8, whatever its name is, you love this droid. Oh, they're already pushing, like, wait, is that the little, like, Sphero ball thing? droid thingy? Right, like, we kind of got a picture of him, and then the toy came out, you know, like, last month, three or four weeks ago, and then the movie's coming out in, what, three months, four months? Yeah. So, eh. So, with episode eight, they're kind of doing the exact opposite of what happened with the, the first Star Wars movie, where instead of getting the toys, like, four or five months after the movie came out... With your voucher thing, you get them like a year before the movie comes out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they're, I mean... I mean, it just, it feels a little weird since it isn't a commercial success really yet, or even like proven that, you know, all the kids will love it sort of thing. But the other hand, they're going to still make the second and third movies. So... Right. They're going to be making toys along with it, so it's like... I mean, it doesn't make bad business sense, but here, I got the article pulled up, and it says that uh, the companies that are being licensed for Star Wars merchandise, so does Kenner still exist? It's part of Hasbro. Yeah, Hasbro. People who make the Star Wars toys are being told, you know, among other things, that Lando Calrissian's returning, so, you know, you're going to need to make that Lando toy ahead Billy of time. Billy D. Yeah. It's going to be the same dude? I, I guess. Okay. It says Lando's looking for revenge. He's He's a... A friend in need of being avenged by the end of The Force Awakens. So I guess Lando's going to get screwed somehow, and he's going to be pissed. Okay. But hey, you can buy those Star Wars Episode Eight toys, I guess, after you leave the theater for Episode Seven, You can just go to Target. It'll probably be more or less... Well, when, did they have a timeline for when Episode Eight's going to come out? Um, Is it about a year and a half after? Because that'd oh, be... Nice pop-up ad there with a the Chihuahua. it's 2017. It's May 2017, yeah. yeah. Okay, so about two years after. So as you're coming off the high from this, you know, when those home DVD sales start, you know, kicking in in the summer, they're like, hey, episode eight toys with a copy of episode seven. 
Yeah, I guess it's the plan. Like, after Episode 7 kind of has a little bit of a valley in its popularity, it'll just, like, start leaking the Episode 8 shit out, like, here. Oh, look at this filming location. Whoa, crazy leak. Well, maybe they're going to do what they did with, like, the Episode 1 stuff. Remember back, like, a year or more, I think, before Episode 1 came out, you could mail in the little things on the back of the Star Wars figures, the Power of the Force figures, and mm-hmm. you could mail and get your Mace Windu figure, and then they release like, the, the battle droid on his little hover stab thing. I remember some of the things that, like, they, I think they released some Lego sets prior to the movie coming out. Yeah, and they did it, they staggered it, it was like a year, then it was like six months out, and just to kind of, maybe that's what they're going to do, I think that would be smart, but I got to hand it to them the way they did release the Episode 7 toys. You know, they, of course, purposely underproduced them so that there would be a rush on Toys R Us by, you know, mostly collectors to get, like, three copies of the same figure. and So no kids getting anything under the Christmas tree. It's all going to be these fat neckbeard guys, like... That's what it was when they released the first wave of figures, I think, a couple, few weeks ago, right? And oh. the <laughs> Toys R Us got cleaned out by the collector guys, but... Well, certain I know, things, which is yeah. kind of, you know, I have Star Wars stuff still, and I like it, but... I'm sure there were kids there that were a little disappointed. That, like, some obese 600-pound guy and a rascal with, like, a grasper wand knocked them out of the way and just sniped, like, the BB-8 figure off the shelf? Or I think the Kylo Ren stuff I read was, like, the stuff that was the hottest. Like, some guy was bragging about how he, like, got all three of them to one of his friends on his cell phone or something. And I just, I don't know. As a kid, I don't really see how a kid could be excited about, like, these characters they know nothing about outside of like what they're being told by like Disney or whatever. Cause there's no like media release. I mean, there's like some comic books, I guess, released. So it's like, they have maybe some idea if they follow comic books. Well, there's, but... there's, there's comic books, there's novels bridging the gap between the two movie periods and they've got the toys now. And I think it's mostly just that, you know, the momentum from the kids loving the other three movies no i feel like though it's like a new generation of kids that'll like be wanting these toys not the same kids that loved you know jar jar or something like that i mean every generation don't you think i know it's well jar jar like doesn't george like always like wasn't he like talking like oh my god the kids will love this guy like i think little little kids actually did like him but for a while at least yeah like (laughs) and he kind of grew on you and you realized he was a fungus and he had to be removed Yes. Speaking of a fungus here, I've seen a picture of Mark Hamill attached to this article. He looks like the like uh, Dexter from Dexter's Lab and the when he has the school photo and his face melts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't really turn the laptop around, but Does uh, that kind of sci fi? That we can yeah, talk about Dexter's yeah. laboratory? He does kinda of look that way. Like his face is starting to melt a little bit. I mean, uh, he he's aged definitely, but no, he, I mean, he lost some weight for the movie, right? Yeah, he got in, in shape for it apparently, and he's old, so I can't expect him to look like he did when he was twenty. So, but the guy is—he's ma- primarily a voice actor, and he always he has been since he ended the Star Wars movies, yeah, like, decades ago. I mean, he was the Joker in Batman for a long, long time, so he just lived off. Of, so you don't need to look nice to have a voice acting talent. But you his, just show up to the cons and yeah, but his is so good that he was able to do the uh, the Luke voiceover on the trailer mm-hmm. they released, and he can make him sound like himself from thirty years ago. So mm. It's like sixty year old Mark Hamill 
aping his 30 or 20 some year old self and it sounded completely real thank god for post-production <laughs> no i think it's his talent he has a lot of voice talent no he, he does but i mean they, they they scrubbed that for sure they scrubbed all that shit well, I mean, no, even if he sounded, like, really great, like, somebody post-production probably just, like, touched up, like, oh, there's, like, a little bit of, like, a nasal yeah. there, like. When he has such a distinctive voice, like he, like I said, he was the Joker, and wasn't he the, he was the Hobgoblin in the Spider-Man series? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could just tell by the way it sounds. The guy mm -hmm. they got to uh, impersonate him, though, for the Jedi Academy game wasn't bad. Kyle, your lightsaber has been hidden. I mean, that he guy? sounded like he should have been on Fire Island in the 70s, but, yeah. you know wasn't bad kind of sounded like mark hamill but i'm excited to buy my shit a year ahead of time when i know nothing about the movie well the best toy that came out i think everybody agrees is that the uh, the sphero bb8 thing that you can control with your smartphone he's got like the little gyro thing in him oh that actually does something cool it's yeah it's, <laughs> it looks cool i've watched a bunch of reviews of it already i want one i'm sure that they were really really rare yeah and you got it on ebay and you pay get like... it off amazon Oh, okay. <laughs> they have a whole Star Wars storefront on Amazon. For but it's not the same now. as going to the store and, like, punching a five-year-old in the face. No, it's and better. <laughs> taking the box from him. Because you don't have to go to the store and... You get in your mobility scooter and start filling up your basket on the front <laughs> and fending people off with your, you know, screen reel replica Lord of the Rings sword. Well, what I read was that when guys were doing that at a lot of stores, that they would... The employees had been trained beforehand, and they were kind of like saying, oh, okay, like you can only have one of each figure. And so guys get, got up there with like four Kylo Rens, like the whole stack. You know, they were all butthurt about having to give up their other three Kylo Rens that they couldn't, uh, you know, keep two to keep in the package. And Well, yeah, that's how you have to do it. You got to have, you know, one for yourself, one to give to a friend to borrow or lend out, and then one to keep in the package. And then one to sell on eBay. You need four. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Well, no, the one you're keeping in the package, you're keeping to like, you know. Right, you have, you have one to, yeah. <laughs> you know, put in your ass or whatever, one to put on your shelf, one to give to somebody or, you know, have your public display piece like the replica constitution or something. Yeah. And then one to sell on eBay for 600% markup. Oh, like immediately yeah. after the release. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Like your basic iPhone uh, yeah. scalping. Pretty much. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's your basic MO now for pe things people want. You just oh, go ahead and I hadn't it. heard about the fourth. Uh, I was always aware yeah. of the three, the rule of three, but it's it's eBay. eBay's changed the paradigm. Oh, man. I know. It's the rule of four. <laughs> Elon Musk ruins everything again. God damn it. I know. What a bastard. But speaking of space travel, segue. Nice. That is. Yeah. Well, yeah, Elon Musk, SpaceX. Yeah, that was pretty smooth. It was smoother than a Tesla. Teslas are pretty smooth. Yeah. Send me a Tesla, Elon. We'll test drive it for you. Yeah, it's pretty sci-fi. Send one to super high sci-fi. Get in you touch with us. Test drive the Model E. Model E. Is that their cheap version that they're coming out with? Yeah. The so they have the S, and they're gonna have the X SUV, right? And yeah. And they're gonna have the Model E, which is like a consumer grade sedan. Mm. Okay. So stripped down version of the Model S, I'm guessing. Send us a Model S. Get in touch with us on Twitter, and we'll get you the address information. Sounds good. Yeah, just ship it out here. We'll they post a photo on the street, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would store it right on the street. Nothing bad could happen. <laughs> but, Anyways, space. Yes, space. Space. The Martian, the book, movie we have been 
mentioning a few times on the podcast is coming out this week. So starring, starring, Meet what's his Demon. face as Meat Demon, but he's playing Mark Watney. Yeah, who's uh, some kind of Bostonian scientist from Chicago. Is, is he from Chicago? I think he's supposed to be from Chicago in the book, but you know Matt Damon has like that one setting. Only Boston. Yeah, that's the only thing his dial goes to. Yeah. It's just like Boston around the whole you thing. You just scraped well, the he's veneer from off. From Boston. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's all he can do, right? It's his default mode. Yeah. So the Martian's coming out. Do you know what the day is? I think it's, it's like October Thursday. 1st. That's when most movies come out. Like Thursday night, Friday. So let's see. That would be October first. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I saw the commercial like an hour before we're doing this. So really October 2nd for most people, unless you're going to get up and, you know, stay out, skip work the next day. You can totally go and see that movie. You'll only be like, you know, one thirty-two if you go to a theater close to you by the time you get home. Just don't go to work the next day. Call in sick. You can totally work on like four hours of sleep like that. Not everybody works from home, Justin. I... Check your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I should check my privilege. But I think it's going to be a great movie. The book was pretty cool. Yeah, the book was. The movie looks awesome. Holding my little bit of reservation for the movie, but I am, I'm still excited about it. I guess my only concern is that like, the book does kind of delve into the science a lot. Yeah. And he explains like what he's doing and why he's doing it and how it's going to benefit him. And obviously, a lot of that's internal monologues. So he. They're just going to do a lot of like, voiceovers in the right. movie, I'm guessing. Like, uh, well, either they're going to have a lot of voiceovers <sighs> to explain that, or they're just going to not bother. They're just going to have science montages. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of they're, like planting potatoes. They're going to have a, like quick cuts of him planting potatoes and cutting them up and like, and, like shitting on them and whatnot. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. Shitting on them, like just, you know, Indian street peasant right away. Boom. <laughs> That's exactly how it's going to go. You know, montages are underused in movies now. <laughs> they, they really are. I'm not sure that the world's ready for Matt Damon shitting on potatoes, though. I mean, that is like a big plot point of oh, right, the, it is. the book yeah, of yeah. shitting on potatoes. So. His potato farm is a big deal, but I, I don't think that the montage of Matt Damon taking a dump on potatoes is like... Well, the, the movie's rated R, right? So it, we're going to get like... There's no stuff that's being excised. I, I, I still book. don't think you're gonna have like him like taking a bag of his shit and yeah. like be, like looking at it and then like well mixing maybe it with the dirt. maybe it'll be an opaque bag or something. Rated <laughs> right? G for German scat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's Ridley Scott is directing this, right? Yeah, I guess. So I expect the movie to look really awesome. And I expect him not oh, to... Oh, I have no doubt like outdoor Mars right. landscapes are going to look great. I expect him not to fuck with the source material either. I mean, he's usually pretty good about... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's when he has like an original property is when there's there's problems. <clears throat> Prometheus. <clears throat> yeah, Prometheus, Robin Hood, you know, whatever. <laughs> I didn't see that Robin Hood movie. Was it good? Wait, he made no. a Robin Hood movie? Yeah. Oh. the tri- Was that the Colin Farrell one? No, it was Russell no, Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah. It was like dirty robin hood oh like he was all covered in dirt based on the trailer it's gonna they rewrote the myth of robin hood and he's like some warrior guy i can't i saw it like a year so should i just stick with robin hood men in tights for my um... own just stick with the disney version or whichever you prefer okay oh the one with the fox yeah that's the one i prefer oh okay see he's done he's done some good work with original stuff though like uh Kingdom of Heaven, the director's cut for that, although it is an epic length movie of like it is a good movie. Four hours and change. It's really great. Yeah. 
and uh, Gladiator. That was original. So that, didn't he do some uh, short-lived TV series? Uh, Something Wood. That was like a Western type style thing. Or Deadwood. Like Deadwood. Was that him or is that somebody else? I don't know um, if that was Ridley Scott. Maybe he like guest directed or something an episode. We should know. leverage the power of the internet. All right. It looks like you're doing that. Yep. <laughs> so just go ahead and fill the dead air like a pro. Thank you for filling the dead air like a pro. Ridley Scott did not direct that. Oh, okay. Um, I'm thinking of something else then. Or, oh, whatever. He's busy with Prometheus. Two through five, which is apparently going to be called Prometheus Paradise Lost or something. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that coming out never? Hopefully, or twenty seventeen? Is... Oh, okay. Slated. So it's going to compete with Star Wars Episode Eight. Awesome. I'm pretty sure they won't come out at the same time. <laughs> no, probably not. But you got to wonder, like, when that happens, like. They all know when they're releasing movies. How did how does that like they mess up? Like Fury Road got released like two weeks after Jurassic World. I, maybe they just couldn't change it. I guess it just seems like they could plan that out. I mean, they probably have like their marketing materials already, like a year in advance or whatever. For like yeah, I think like maybe slots just, reserved in the theater and whatnot at that point. And right, it's just it's it's too far along to change it unless like you have the because DC changed um. Angry Batman versus Angry Superman. I think because there's a, another Marvel property coming out. That's still a year and a half away, though. Oh, I know, but right? like, I'm saying they were far enough away it, that they could... I'm asking you, is it... I think it's at least a year away. I think it's this yeah. summer. Is it this summer or is it next summer? I can't remember. This summer is for Batman versus Superman? Yeah. Well, this summer is pretty much over, so I don't think it's this summer. No, I mean summer. this coming summer. Oh, like, I think, yeah, I think it's yeah. next year. Like so the some, end of next summer or something? Quarter two, 2016, I think. Okay. But they're far enough away they can change that still. Okay, so they're like looking to avoid competing with Captain America's Civil War. That's, yeah, that's yeah. just coming out. And I think that they know that they're going to get crushed by that because... That's going to be the biggest Marvel movie right, to date. The Marvel juggernaut is just too strong, so they don't want to go against it, which is probably smart on their part. When Civil War? Is that this year or next year? Next year. Q2 2016. I think it's in April 2016. <laughs> well, Batman's 2016 as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That oh. they, DC knew, or I guess Warner more properly, mm-hmm. knew that Captain America Civil War, because Marvel put out like their phase thing and was like, hey, this is happening, XYZ. Mm-hmm. And then Warner's like, oh, okay, well, as angry as Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck are, they, they aren't going to be able to compete with Captain America Civil War, so we'll just slide them forward. So what do you guys think about, you know, the the caliber of the movie version of The Martian? I mean, do you think it's going to be... I mean, it's like I said, like, I'm I'm excited for the movie, but I'm, like, still holding, like, some reservations just... Because, like, I mean, there's always, like, ways to fuck up, like, a good book into a movie. So it's just, like, I'll go and see it. I'll... Hopefully I'll be entertained. And I'll, you know, say next week or whenever we go again that I'll was or wasn't entertained or do a review i don't know what we're doing with it and then like yeah i'm just, i'm asking because we've had you know some pretty good sci-fi movies come out in recent years which has historically not been the case you know for, there was a really long dry period for sci-fi and then you know like last year we got interstellar we're getting the martian this year and I think there's some bigger sci-fi things. We're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which is kind of a sci-fi light. 
mm-hmm. coming in like 2017. We'll see. I don't know. I hope it does because I enjoyed the book. I can't fully trust them not to ruin it in the name of making it more entertaining. Like I, I mean, I think, he, like you said, the science parts are going to be watered down because yeah. nobody cares that like he needs to fit like some rover part on like the side of his little. Well, the, the yeah, parts the parts that I hope they water down are all the things that happen on Earth because in the book those are the weakest parts to me. They were I thought those were really really boring and I actually skipped over I I kind of blacked out when I was reading those portions because they were just really slow and plotting and because I, I couldn't wait to get back to him on Mars trying to solve survival problems. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way just because like. The part I liked the most about, like, the times on Earth was, like, when they were, like, in communication with him, and it was just, like, hey, dickwads, like, <laughs> where's my shit, like? If they do it like that, if they if they center the Earth scenes around him, mm-hmm. then I think it works, but there's a lot of, I don't know, backstage players in the in the book on Earth that the characters don't really work well, and I just, I hope they're not. Yeah, I don't, hope they don't play a big part in the movie. Yeah, there were some parts of the book I that were weaker, but overall, I still think it was good. But they're not gonna like just have them on Mars the whole time. It'll probably be like, if I had to guess, it'd probably be like sixty forty or seventy thirty, sort of split between right. seventy on Mars, thirty on Earth. They're yeah. necessary though. That's how that's how I want it to be because. The book, it started, it was almost 50-50 by the last quarter of the book, mm-hmm. and no. <laughs> so when you go to the movies next week, you can choose to see The Martian, um, Steve Jobs, right? You're more up and up on movies coming it's out. like October 6th or something. So you have, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what a well, great selection. It's not really like a booming time for movies generally at like the end like of Oscar September, season. October. Yeah. Yeah. This is when all the movies that want to get eligible for Oscars get released. Like, yeah. So definitely that would be the Steve Jobs movie. I don't know if they're going for an Oscar with The Martian, but probably not. Best adapted screenplay? No, it's like best visual effects. That's what sci fi gets relegated to usually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, though. They just... fucked Interstellar by putting it in, like, best sound editing or something. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> you know it's a great achievement, but <laughs> fine. I, just, I wasn't really too in love with Interstellar. I mean, we can review that, but I enjoyed that movie a lot. Matthew McConaughey driving his Lincoln through the wormhole. <laughs> oh. Climbing, I heard it got, like, weird like that, but yeah, I hadn't seen climbing, it. Climbing, like, silicon waterfalls, going through, like, space-time, bro. Oh, when taking care okay. of yourself isn't just taking care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, just fuck. Like, I know you really liked, you know, 2001, but you're never going to get back to the weird bedroom scene. So just stop. Yeah. 2001 was also incredibly boring, though. So I appreciated that Interstellar wasn't like you have to wait till the last half an hour of 2001 for anything to happen. But it's interesting when it happens, when Matthew McConaughey is. Right. But it's almost a four hour wait. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather wait four hours for like something great than like just instant gratification. Type Matt Damon's or... an evil astronaut. He has his, he didn't put his eye patch on today, but he's evil. It was funny when he died. <laughs> I guess now he's a good astronaut. Yeah, 
Yeah, so he's really stretching himself. <laughs> was he a Boston uh, guy in that movie too, or I don't know if he was. Uh... No, he was. He was like some pedantic. He he was giving some long-winded speech when he gets sucked out of the airlock or something and dies. So I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Goodwill Hunting in space. Nice. Now there's a Gus Van Sant movie we need to get on. Goodwill Hunting in space. <laughs> I'm just saying it can happen. Look, you know. The world's wide open. They, the Martian is a self-published Amazon book. So yeah, that was made into a movie. Yeah, I know, and they, they gave JJ a Star Wars movie. Anything could happen. Yes, they gave the guy who made Star Trek Into Darkness three Star Wars movies. There's a lot well, that can He's happen. only directing one. I think he's got his claws in the other two, if I had to guess, from a creative perspective. Maybe. Plus, hey. he's getting the first crack at it, so he gets to set the tone for the universe, which I'm sure is going to be lots of chrome and lens flare. Is he still, like, doing a third Star Trek movie? Oh, yes. Oh, he is? With Simon Sci-Fi's for Dumb Babies, But Pay Me My Money, Peg. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that, but I hadn't seen the second one because I heard bad things, so... It's called Star Trek Beyond or something? Yeah. I know. Okay. It's like you're in space. You're already supposed to be beyond. It's like Star Trek Beyond. The last one's going to be better. Star Trek Beyond Darkness. Couldn't be worse, probably, but could be surprised. <sighs> Don't watch Into Darkness. Okay. Or if you do, just fast forward to the very end. The credits are rolling? That, uh, that far or is that too far? A little bit too far. Maybe 10 minutes before the credits start. Okay. And, right. and then to watch Wrath of Khan. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. That's my recommendation to everybody, not just you. All right. But a movie you did watch, I assume we're done talking about uh, The Martian and J.J. Abrams. Oh, one more news item for anybody who's interested. uh, Anybody who hasn't tuned in yet, new season of Doctor Who is on. So if you're a Whovian, tune in. First two episodes were pretty good. And when did that start? Two weeks ago? Uh, last night was the second episode, so it's Saturdays at 9 on BBC America. All right, Saturdays at 9, BBC America. And how many episodes do you know? Like, is it 10 it's or like 12? 13 episodes, oh, okay. typically. Well, there okay. you go. Next couple months are all locked up. Shoot. I was going to do something with my life, but I, I guess I'll have to watch, like, every season of Doctor Who since I haven't started it at all. Um. Well, I never actually have watched more than one episode, so I don't. I think I've only seen like episodes in like passing when like I go over to someone's house and they were watching, and I'm like, "Hey, let's not watch this and do something else." Yeah, yeah. I so. know he fights trash cans with plungers on them. Yes, there's arch nemesis. I know one of the doctors had like a really cool scarf, but that was like in the 70s or 80s. Yep. The oh. fourth, the fourth doctor. Yeah. The. Uh... That's all I know. There's another Doctor Who fun fact. The first season's lost. They found some of it, in though. In Nigeria. Yeah, some fucked up like closet in some shitty African TV station that used to be British Colony. <laughs> Had some of the old reels laying around that the BBC sent them for rebroadcast, and it was just like, I ah, forgot about these. <laughs> yeah, so they could have Big Man Tyrone do a promo about that. We have found the lost episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> Big Man Tyrone is, uh, he's good. Oh, is that the guy you can pay to say anything you want? Yeah, he should have been Mark Watney. They should have paid him to read the <laughs> script. <laughs> Surprise, 
I am alive. <laughs> <laughs> and he could wear a spacesuit at his desk. <laughs> you have to pay extra for that. Yeah, you can, he can do it. He'll do it in a wife beater and a t-shirt and his suit and a doctor's coat or a Santa outfit. Oh, he has a Santa outfit now. He, and a fake beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Right, actually, you know what? I think we should uh, get a Kickstarter going for Big Man Tyrone to uh, just redo all of Arnold's lines from Terminator 2. We could rotoscope him in there. He could be the Terminator. We just like voiceover like all his lines. That would be awesome. Oh, what we really need to do is get him to like try and imitate the smile he does. When John's like, hey, you need to smile more, big guy. And he does that awkward like <laughs> smile. Had the, the little lightning second flash urge to smash my hand on the table. Because it reminded me of Terminator Genesis with a YS when they had that stupid fucking callback. Like, he's working on smiling. He's still bad at it. Did you see Terminator 2? Oh. Yeah. I had blocked that whole movie out of my mind. So before I hang myself with some convenient object around here, like a USB cord, let's talk about Terminator 2. Okay. A movie that you want to remember because it's great. Was it your first time watching it all the way through? No, I've seen this movie before. Oh, okay, guys, check. It's one of the few movies I've actually have like watched. All right, because sometimes you, down you were a little it. light on the other movies. So, although I did have to stop halfway through this movie, but that's for something else. <gasps> Justin, what did you finish it? Yeah, I finished it this morning. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really important then. Oh yeah. So, Grant, I know you love Terminator too. This is the best Terminator movie. Yeah, uh, hands down. But it's like in a different category, I think, than the other ones. Yeah, Maybe Terminator I, One, kind of. I think it's just Terminator One, but doing everything bigger and better than Terminator One. It's like the same strong story. It's just everything's amped up. But amped up to the right level. Yeah, it's not over the top or anything. It makes sense, and all the effects are great, and they still hold up. I think the CGI still holds up really well, actually, for being 1991. Yeah, it yeah. does not look fake. And it's actually one of the few movies with like the protagonist child character that I don't want the kid to die. Uh, there were some moments I wanted to strangle him. Uh, he's slightly annoying, but then it's like if we're he's rating... not like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom annoying. Yeah, if we're rating our scale like with <laughs> Short Round and Jake Lloyd kind of at the top, who? Uh, Anakin Skywalker, little oh. Anakin. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're like the zenith of the scale. I mean, John Connor is like he's pretty low. Yeah, the Edward Furlong, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh I th- he's probably like one of the prototypes of the annoying kid in the movies, but and being the prototype, he's just the right amount of annoying, I think. You know, he's not like Haley Joel Osment levels of you want to kill him or anything, but I think that this is I, I know that you accuse me of sucking James Cameron's cock, Justin, but <laughs> I, I think this is like a, a child actor, child character kinda done right. And then other people were like, Hmm, that really worked. Yeah. We should shoehorn more children into movies. It'll be great. I think that's the testament to strong direction because... Yeah, I mean, it was done right, but I just have a lower tolerance for, like, annoying kids in movies. So it was like, I just wanted to strangle them at times. He's like a clock inventor guy. He he hacked the computer at the ATM with his amazing computer in his backpack. Oh, that that guy, that kid that brought the clock to school. 
Yeah, that was. Yeah, he's like he just didn't little... actually invent anything. Yeah, he just took he just like took all the innards out of a clock, clock and, and put like it in another clock and put it in a suitcase to make it look like a bomb or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever, we'll, we'll leave him aside. I shouldn't have brought that up, but yes. You're gonna anyway. get some angry Twitter hate now. No, check your privilege. <laughs> look, <laughs> you know, when you invent something, it means you make it from scratch, not that you like just. You're officially take, an internet shitlord now. Well, it's a title I'll wear gladly. <laughs> it's like saying I changed a light bulb in a lamp. I invented the fucking lamp. Like, no. But anyway. Yes. John Connor's credit card hacking machine with his ponytail friend when they go to hang out in the arcade. Well, that was one of the things that was done right as far as, like, it was introduced at the start of the movie. Then it had, like, an integral part at the later part of the movie. It's the thing Alien 3 did wrong with that little, like, food pill thing. <laughs> The laser gun? Yeah. yeah. Oh, in Resurrection. The, the yeah. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, stupid the whiskey thing. laser. Yeah, I thought that'd be awesome, but there's Not no callback for it. Throwing turkeys in aliens' mouths and expanding them to full size. The movie was that ridiculous, it would have worked. But anyway. Oh, I know. It would have been great with Ron Perlman making like butterball turkeys explode out of their head. I know. I'm just trying to remember what we were talking about. We were talking about John Connor's bitch and hacking computer and his friend's sick ass, or is it his moped? It's his moped, and his friend is just along for the ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and that. Oh, you never see that kid again after he gets shoved away by uh, the T one thousand, right? I don't think so. No. No, but that is hilarious when he gets shoved. It's like, yeah, I don't know <laughs> the kid, and like immediately walks over <laughs> to him. And is like, hey, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. Where they're hanging out in the arcade. Yeah, the arcade. Yeah, don't see many of those now. No. There's actually one near my house. What's it called? I don't know. It's an arcade. <laughs> There's it's like right next to a bar downtown. Mat. Yeah, the 16 the, bit. That is the arcade and bar, but I've, that's the only arcade I know of around. Yeah. There. Although I think the 16 bit's like has multiple locations or it's a franchise or something. Oh, okay. Trying to get like capture that John Connor and rat tail, ponytail friend experience. Except but, you're drunk. Yeah, they serve booze and like yeah. cheese I'm, sticks. It's like a small, more bar like Dave and Buster's probably. I mean, you're super hammered and you're trying to play Tekken or something. Shit, we should go there. That actually rough. sounds interesting, but usually it'll probably be crowded as fuck, I guess. But yeah, it'll be my it's like the too. new place downtown. It is. It's in right in the middle of uh, this is a great Terminator 2 discussion. It's right in the middle of um, <laughs> Over the Rhine, so it's all full of like startups and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Los Angeles also has startups, I guess. Yeah, some. It has a startup community. Anyway. Giant storm sewers that you can drive trucks through. Startups like Cyberdyne Systems, right? Yeah, that small little (laughs) startup with like a few million dollar building like in the middle of downtown LA. They had a lot of VC funding. (laughs) I like, uh, what's what's his name? Michael? Oh, uh, Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson. Dyson, yeah. Yeah, Miles Bennett Dyson. Yeah, I like his explanation of like, hmm, well, the chip was broken, but we learned a lot from it. Okay. Changed our mind and our way of thinking, man. All my work is based on it. That, that yeah. just, like, is the sort of, like, hand-wavy sort of, like, we just, you know, did some, like, development and whatnot. It's... Developers? Yeah, developers, 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 developers. That's yeah, I, what they had working on that chip. I noticed you're not sweating profusely. Uh, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> but he is when he gets shot. Oh, yeah. He's sweating profusely. His death scene is... I think one of the best parts in the movie. Oh, yeah. Not, not just like his performance <laughs> of dying, 
like the, the little short breathe breathing but, but like actually know, like the, holding over like the trigger or whatever yeah, it's like you like guys gotta all get the, the fuck cops out of get here. vaporized in the <laughs> trying to get out of the building that's my second favorite <laughs> giant building explosion besides the nakatomi building yeah <laughs> where how which one and die hard the original where he throws the computer monitor with the c4 on it down the elevator shaft and oh. like it blows out the whole floor of the building yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the whole roof explodes too doesn't it oh later i meant yeah. the when the the windows get blown out and he tells a uh mean principal from breakfast club he just got butt fucked on national tv yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But Arnold with the minigun, also a great building oh, scene. No, I really like that scene. Just like the whole like him like walking out to the window and like pushing the desk out. It, it's just like everything that happened in that scene was just great right there. Oh, and it's not just like a cool fucking scene, but it's also good character development because he doesn't kill anybody. So he's like he yeah. has an arc in this movie. He has more personality. I like that. Well, yeah, I mean he has personality in the T one thousand doesn't similar to the first movie where. Arnold had no personality except to kill, so. Uh, Although. Yeah. I, I think the T-1000 does have, like, certain, like, he's he's actually, like, like amazed you can, when he's breaking apart and the yeah. cryo-freeze stuff. And, I, I think also some of the portion of, like, him being a more, like, kind of scary Terminator, the fact that he can, like, impersonate people. And, like, he goes through, like, the thought process of, like, you know, when he's on the phone with Arnold, like, hey, how's Wolfie doing or something like that? And then, yeah. like, he goes over the dog and, like, kills and it's like, that motherfucker. Yeah. His name Max. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he, he can get angry, I feel like. And that's, like, something Arnold doesn't really do in the first movie. Does he get angry, though? Or is it just, like, he's just, <laughs> he's just like, that fucking intense? Like, because he's a killing machine. I took it as intensity. <coughs> Not like he has any emotions or anything. I, I guess it may be more like he gets more intense, but like, I don't know. Just at that part, I thought like, I felt like he was angry at like, you know, John at that point for like tricking him or something. So like, he's going to be that much more intent on killing. What was the, oh, so what you should do is, uh, if anybody hasn't watched the deleted scenes for this movie, go back and watch them. Cause there are some good things to give perspective on how Arnold's character develops his arc in the movie and also like showing the personality of the T-1000. Like there's a scene where he's in John Connor's bedroom, like just touching everything and kind of examining it because I guess the T-1000 learns things by tactile sensation. That's how he can imitate stuff. I thought it was really cool. They had to get rid of it, of course, but... So just like going through touching the bedroom and yeah, like like you can see he's like he's like examining all the stuff in the room because I guess that's how he would learn everything about his target oh. versus like looking stuff up in a phone book like Arnold did in the you know the first movie. Well, I mean, he pretty much did the same thing, just it was a little more efficient because right, he he, he was just in the used cop like car. the the cop yeah. computer, yeah. And John Connor was already in the cop database because so. he's a bad kid. Yeah, that's right. Yo, from the streets because his mom's is in the jail. Yeah, for the and crazy his people. Stepmom is Vasquez from Aliens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't seem like she'd be a good mother, so I really can't blame him on that front fully. Yeah, seems like she's a little bit into like killing a little too much. I mean, even like for you know knowing that like nukes are going to destroy like the entire world, and then you know machines are going to kill everybody. Yeah, you're a little intense still. Like you. Need oh no, to... I meant Vasquez. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah she yeah. wouldn't be a very good no mother either. With the bandana and the auto gun. No. No. 
probably not. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I really like how uh, Sarah Connor is so much different in this movie from no. the first one. I mean, she is really different, but like, and like, it's completely understandable that she's like, seems insane, but like, she just like took it a notch too far. She turned it to 11. She should be at a 10, but she went to 11. I liked it going to 11. But it goes her. to 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that she turned it up to 11. Just how, you know, she is really in one sense, the only sane person around her there because she knows what's going to happen, but yeah. she, it just has warped her mind so much. And I totally believed her performance. It was that good. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that, like you compare it to, um, what's her name? The girl from, uh, game of Thrones in Terminator Genesis. Cersei or no, no, no. You're, um, Amelia and, and, Clark. Yeah. Danny. Yeah. yeah. And there's just no comparison. I mean, it's like she could never do like that kind of a performance. And she tried. Well, because, Whatever, Amelia Clark there. I'm just going to call her Daenerys Targaryen. Yes. It's like seems like she's well-adjusted for some reason. Like, oh, there are assassin robots, and I know how to use all these guns, and I'm now you know a killing machine, blah, blah, blah. Ha-ha, great. Hey, robot dad. Whereas Sarah Connor in Terminator 2 is like, she's fucking insane. She's lost the ability to well, coherently I think... communicate with people. Okay, so I think it's more like... So John Connor's like well adjusted to be like some like super soldier leader or whatever mm-hmm. because he had, you know, Arnold, you know, mentor him for like these few days and like teach him like, hey, like you got to kill these robots. This is how you do it. Like, you know, I'll show you how to use a freaking grenade launcher. And yeah. Sarah Connor, Amelia had that as a kid in Genesis. Right. That is a very weak defense for like her shitty, you know, so well adjusted to everything military, but... That's, that's what I'm saying. She's well adjusted because she had Arnold help her for all. That's pretty years. weak defense counsel. The bench is ruling not in your favor. I figured. Yeah, it I'm much. sorry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, the the thing that I would think about hearing that is that well, you know, in terms of the character, it's you know, uh, Sarah Connor and T two had as much time to get used to that fact almost as much time they well, said like 15 years in terminator genesis right from the time she was raised to the 1984 when the movie starts and then yeah the movie in t2 it's like 1996 or 95 that's what they establish and yeah so she's had like 10 11 years to kind of deal with this reality and it's just it hasn't had like a solidifying effect on her she's like coming apart of the seams mentally well, plus, it's like, even psychiatrist guy, the fact that nobody believes her... Yeah, that's got to fuck with you. Right, I think that it's like, that's what would have happened to Michael being there if Sarah Connor hadn't been like, okay, yeah, I'll roll with this. There is a crazy Austrian robot after us. So There's I, a Michael Bean deleted scene for this movie. Oh, yeah? What yeah. is that? It's a, he's a Sarah's hallucination when she's in the hospital, and he's, like, telling her, you have to fucking get out of here and stuff and, like, save our son. See, that would have made more sense to me if they had kept that in. <laughs> well, they had one scene with him, like, in a dream, right? That was the deleted scene. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe I did watch that, like, an extended version that I just didn't yeah, realize. You probably did. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> makes much more sense to keep him in there. Yeah, I, a, I I didn't think that scene was weird at all. Yeah, but, from a okay. character perspective, where it's just like, but from her, like a theatrical, maybe it could be cut. Like yeah, like cut it down a couple minutes. I, I, oh, I I understand that from the editor's perspective, or the studio saying we only paid for you know 130 minutes of celluloid here. God damn it. Yeah, but 
That was like one of my favorite parts of Battlestar Galactica is the the hallucination oh, talking to the Gaius people. Baltar thing. Yeah, well, not not uh, number six talking to him, but when it when there's the hallucination Baltar talking to her. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I thought of when I saw that original scene or the deleted scene originally was like, wow. It's, I wonder if the person who wrote, you know, Ronald Moore watched that was like, hmm, great idea because it is like kind of similar where he's exhorting her to continue her resistance against everything and go save John Connor and escape the hospital and inject a, you know, Dr. Asshole face with the drain cleaner. Yeah. Some train though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought that Which was fucking hilarious. sets up one of my only, the only part of Terminator 3 I like where the guy is, he gets his little traumatizing PTSD moment where Arnold breaks out of the mausoleum with the machine gun. The doctor's like, robots aren't real, you're an idiot. And then Arnold... You find yourself imagining yeah. crazy things. And then he, but he's remembering oh. Arnold breaking into the mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just see him running. <laughs> yeah. He's a pussy. That's, that's the I tough thing. I don't want to watch that movie. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, at least you can look forward to that part. <laughs> yeah. And the giant advertisement that happens in the middle of the movie for Is like... Is that a journey effects? <laughs> <laughs> that's the tough thing about T2, though, is that every... Every sequence in this movie is so good. It's hard to choose like a favorite scene or or part or action in this movie because I mean like the thing you talked about where she's breaking out of the hospital, that's so cool. Especially the part where they're tackling her and Arnold just comes up and like fucking destroys all those guys. <laughs> he just throws like, them off. Yeah, yeah. Like, throws the one guy through the the glass and hits <laughs> the lady in the face or just pushes her. Right. Yeah, and how that like leads directly into like the chase into the elevator and yeah. whatnot and. But I, yeah. the, when the T one thousand there tries to walk through the little the like the the vestibule thing where there's the two different like security gates, bumps into it, bumps yeah. into it again. It's just like, oh wait a minute, I made a liquid metal. That's right, and then just walks through as a, like, that's pretty cool. And his gun gets stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like it's those little <laughs> details that make that really awesome. And uh, but I have to go. My favorite scene sequence in this movie is like where Arnold first appears and he. Fucks up all the people in the truck. Oh, all the, the bikers. Bar. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just so funny. I mean, it gets better every time you watch it. <laughs> like the guy getting a knife in the the back of his back, you know, shoulder. Like, oh, pull it out, pull it out. <laughs> that like when he's like walking into the bar, like yeah. the waitresses are like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> or just like you know, he's like, give me your clothes, your boot, and your motorcycle, and the guy's just like, oh, you didn't say please, and he's just crushing his. <laughs> <laughs> throws him on the fryer it's great oh and like he's like oh like ah, oh! like dancing on it like <laughs> yeah that's that, that's my favorite part i like arnold the motorcycle oh um where they're having like the semi-truck chase them yeah that was yeah. See, that's what i mean it's so hard to choose because every scene every sequence in this movie is just awesome like the part where he's looking up the the john connor's looking up it's like oh i got away from him. the truck just comes right over the barrier it's like yeah not done with you yet um, I I feel like you can't like name a best one, but you can like work up from the bottom kind of like yeah. I didn't really like the scene like where Sarah Connor goes to try and like kill Dyson and like the scene like with the kid and the wife in there. Action like, <laughs> action wise, you're right. I I didn't think that was the most exciting scene, but for character development, I thought it was a perfect scene. Yeah, and that especially you know you top it off the part where Arnold like cuts his skin off with like so like he's yeah. kind of like S&M guy or something that sort of tears this skin off his arm. Yeah, cuz I think at that point it was like Sarah was like really like after she was like pointing the gun at Dyson like, "Oh shit, like 
I'm the Terminator now. Yeah, no. the, that's what I like about that, though. It's like she feels like the only way to stop the Terminator is to become one, and then it's like she can't do it. And it's just that's like the top of her breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, I think she realizes that she's standing on the, the edge of tomorrow, Judgment Day. Right, like today. Yeah. Despite like everything she's done, you know, she can't just do that because she's still a person. I do think it was probably a bad idea for John Connor to be like, hey, let's go to your room. You can show me your toys. And it's like the giant Austrian man has been shot in your house and <laughs> yeah, no. your, your dad has a gun pointed at him. Uh, kids are adaptable. They don't understand this stuff. <laughs> He'll do fine. Yeah. Although, of course, right, Danny Dyson grows up to create the Genesis system, so he didn't turn out okay. <laughs> yeah, because his dad was like, yeah, absolutely, Danny Dyson. I'm going to go die now, but definitely continue doing what I was doing when I died. A+. <laughs> Yeah. Must have left him a flash drive with all the files. Nah, 1990-whatever this is. Okay, you left yeah. him a zip drive. Left <laughs> him a zip disk. <laughs> Here's the prototype zip disk, son. Yeah. It holds 100 megabytes. It'll blow your fucking eyes out. Yeah. Watch out. You have to have a special drive to use it with. That's how Maybe cool it is. Maybe he had some Be of careful. those like, big old like, um, giant disks oh, or whatever. Laser disks. Laser disks, disc, yeah. <laughs> I left you a laser disc. Yeah. It's a, it takes the whole safety deposit box in the bank. <laughs> it's, it's inside my, you know, uh, Benny and the Jets final <laughs> sleeve. Yeah, and he could watch on the laser disc player that Leonard Nimoy tried to sell people. Oh, what? Yeah, what? That's right. You never seen Leonard Nimoy's laser disc commercial? No. He and like a flashing glowing rock that just makes like beeping noises, like burr, 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 and it glows different colors. He's pretending he can understand it. Oh, so it's like, oh, that is right, rock. Like, like laser discs are the newest and latest, greatest yeah. technology. It's amazing that you can. You mean I can watch this? You know, high quality audio with high quality video in my own home. Tell burr, me burr, more. Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, pretty much. You know, look as, it up. As, as funny and as bad as that is, it's still not as bad as you know, late eighties, early nineties Apple computer commercials. Well, I think that's the, I think that's the top level of cheesiness. No, Wang computers is the top level of cheesiness. Oh, like the Wang word processor thing. Or, no, they're they're like the thing where they predict the internet when they had like the null modem dial-in, where it's like you can put you know Rome next to Tokyo, all the information in the world at your fingertips, and there's like lightning bolts flying around. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's truly awful. You should look it up. All um, right. Who are the ad wizards who came up with that one? <laughs> yeah, probably not the people who did the marketing for Terminator 2. No, because the marketing yeah. was pretty good for this. It's fantastic. Lots of toys and lots of lots of McDonald's cups and stuff yeah. like that. Probably. I think Batman was the best for that, but we're on sci-fi, so. Oh, yeah, I mean, but Batman 1989, to briefly detour, and there was like a Big deal. Yeah. Because, like, your only other Batman you had before that live action was Adam West running with a giant cardboard bomb. Like, which one was that? The 19, like, the Batman TV series, TV movie, where he's trying to get rid of, like, I think the Joker's bomb. Oh, no, I know the Adam West one. I was talking about the one from, like, 89 or 90 that you were. Batman. Jack Nicholson. The original. Like, Michael Keaton's Batman. Jack Nicholson's the Joker. Okay, okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It was an event. It was kind of a big deal. But there were, I remember that there was like a ton of Terminator toys back then. And they were on the shelves for like four or five more years. But it's a solid movie. And it, it, is. It's, it's like it sets up, you have Terminator, which kind of sets up what the, the future is, like the, the problem. And then there's just like this weird robot hunting people down. And then Terminator 2 is like, 
hey, taking it up to 11 now. Because there's two robots. That's also what I like about this movie is that in the very beginning, you actually get a future battle sequence, the first like real future battle sequence of the series. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, I think it's still the best one. It still holds up. Or it's like Al-Qaeda with laser guns versus robots. Yeah. Driving their their technicals around. But you know, like you watch Terminator 3 and they have the same thing, but it looks so fake. Like you can spot the CGI from a mile away. It just... No, and there's the good visual of like the skulls being crushed and like the mean robot with his laser gun. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he's like it, standing on top of the skull, just looking around really yeah, slowly. I yeah. think that's like creepy. It stays yeah. with you. Actually, the only CGI that I didn't like in this movie was um whenever there were like electricity or like lightning bolts coming off a robot or something like that. Oh, like when Arnold gets stabbed or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that just like looked kind of cheesy since like, you know, <laughs> Arnold's just like, you know, like shaking or whatever and he's getting stabbed and like, okay, the lightning bolts kind of seem just fake. throw a magnet at him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll fuck him up. <laughs> Why doesn't that That's probably It's a plot be... point in Terminator 3. Oh, yeah. 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 They did think a little bit about that. The, the TX getting stuck to the magnet on the accelerator. Yeah. I'm just thinking in the future, if you're in the post-apocalyptic world, you just like... Carry on magnets. Yeah, like, pocket sands and magnets at somebody just right in their face. Can't you design a car that works with magnets? Like, it would just pull you along? I believe so, yeah. If you had a powerful <laughs> enough magnet on the bumper and then one hanging in front of it on some kind of pole, it would pull the car forward. I have that on good authority from a physics expert. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Listen, just because you didn't invest in the technology of the future, like weighing computers, don't, don't come crying to me. You could have been part of something great. All right. You could have been the Terminator 2 of cars with magnets. I'm just putting that out there. All right. John Connor's moped could have been powered by magnets. I guess it could have been, yeah. And his sick 80s music... Oh, that he was like carrying on a boombox for her? Yeah. His Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah. And his stepdad's like, come on, Jen, come inside. You take her out the trash, do your chores. And he's just like, fuck you. You're not my real dad. (laughs) And like drives away. (laughs) My real dad's a terrorist commando from the future. (laughs) (laughs) It's be an awkward, you know, parent teacher conference or like bring your dad to school day or whatever. Yeah. It's like, what do you do, Mr. Connor? Oh, I kill robots. I check and see if the dogs bark at people, and I fucking kill them because they have rubber skin on, so they're easy to spot. I mean, rape's the only weapon they fear. It is. It's, yeah. I have that in good authority as well. That one is actually good authority. <laughs> um, but I don't think. Well, like it would have been really different if like he survived. Yeah. And I, I just like kind of wonder like what that would be like. But I also chaps my ass a little bit about the Terminator um, Genesis as well. Like minor chaffing on top of like the cheese grater of the actual movie. But Arnold must destroy himself. He must jump into the liquid metal. You know the the smelter. The smelter. Yeah, smelter at the end. Because mm-hmm. we can't let the technology you know exist. But we'll just send one back to 1960 and stick around. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's fine. Because cause that that one that sent, or you don't, we don't actually know who sent the one back to 1960. Yeah. It's yeah. Classified. classified, technically, <laughs> it's classified. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, it may not be 
John Connor actually sending it back. Oh, I don't mean it's John Connor or not, but just like that it's just this maxim that, you know, the technology cannot exist in the past. Like it's too, just the potential's too, like, too dangerous. You know, there could be another Cyberdyne, could be another, like, Michael Dyson out there, like, hmm, like, I'll, I'll figure yeah, out how this yeah. goes. But, you know, it's fine. He goes back to 1960. That's cool. Just leave him, leave him be. Mm-hmm. He can then work construction to catch up with the other people in the time loop and no one's going to give a shit. But fuck <laughs> like, you, the robot, you got to put him in the smelter. He can't live with you in Baja. All right, okay, great. Makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense, though. Well, he was like all like damaged and whatnot. It's not like he could like use that arm or whatever, so it wouldn't have been that much use, really. Plenty, plenty of one-armed people in Mexico. Yeah. Blend in with like robot appendage stuff hanging out of the arm. Yeah. Well, you just wear like long shirts or something. Yeah. <laughs> wear long sleeves or just go body surfing with Jesse Ventura. Is that what he does now? In Baja, apparently. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. He's somebody who should have been in this movie. He could have been a great T1000. Oh, that was the other thing I remember that was like a good throwback. Was that a throwback to like Predators or Predator? Which part? Where like, um, Arnold picks up the minigun and is like, it's a good fit for you or whatever. I think uh, he just meant that as like, you know, hey, you're a killing machine, so there's the, here's like the best gun you can get. But oh. I think, Ar- didn't Arnold actually pick up the minigun for that? Like, uh, wasn't probably. it not, it wasn't stripped out to be extra light? Like, <clears throat> it was the full weight? Those are really heavy. Uh, wait, are you talking like actually in this movie? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet you he did. I think I read that that Arnold like picked the the real weight one up. That's usually you know mounted on something. Okay. Because he's just so strong and so freakishly huge. I mean, you just don't see a lot of miniguns in movies being used like that. And it's like Predator was one movie where there was one, and he was in it, and this N- one. Now, if Arnold had said, "I'm going to have me some fun," yeah, that would have been. He said, "Trust me." <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't trust him. But you wouldn't trust or, Arnold. Or, or that there's another great scene right after that the one where they come out of the elevator and all the cops are just firing at him and just like he's not stopping at all and their bullets aren't doing anything and he just shoots all of them in the kneecap oh yeah <laughs> and then pulls the masks on off everybody outside and fires smoke grenades at them all i need this yeah <laughs> here hold this <laughs> high five the whole idea of the the T one thousand too, I think, is one of the best parts of this movie because people forget. Like, I don't think they'd ever thought of a robot like that in a movie before. A robot that was not a robot in a lot of sense. Like, it was sleek and agile, and you, it. The, I like how they kind of try to trick you at the beginning of the movie because you think like the little guy is supposed to be like the human resistance fighter. And stuff like he was in the first movie, and then you know the big guy is the bad dude, and they reverse that pretty obviously. But I still think you know if you're watching the movie for the first time, it's a good trick. Robert Patrick's pretty creepy too. Yeah, I yeah. Think in the movie really or just in job. general? Yeah. Well, in the movie, okay, he's a good actor. I, I I didn't know if he had like some weird like life outside of movies where he like he was in the X Files. He's in the oh, yeah. He was on the X Files when they had like the. Other agents, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. He was in Stargate Atlantis briefly, too. Colonel Sumner. He died, sadly. He got sucked out by the Wraith. 
Well, no, he gets shot though. Well, yeah, yeah. He kills him as a mercy killing. But it's still after funny. he's had all his life sucked still away. Still funny. Yeah. It's still funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, she's sucking the life out of him and he's just screaming like, Arr! it's awesome. Then he's like 90 years yeah. old and, and Shepard has to kill him. He's an old man. Because <laughs> the wraith sucked all his years away. Yeah, there's a series you should watch, Justin. All right. Like, don't watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Don't watch. I didn't realize that. It... Oh, no, I do remember that. Yeah. Was that for not the one that was after three, but called Resurrection? Was it for that? Salvation. Salvation. I think it was, I don't even know. It was, it was in between. It was some kind of shit shoehorned in there to have yeah, another Terminator property. Two seasons of crap. Yeah. Okay. I, I knew it was like almost a tie-in to one of the other movies, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Uh, I'd say Terminator 3 if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 when you said that, I remembered the show, but it'd been so long since I've even given it two thoughts. It must have sucked. Thanks for reminding me, though, that in a couple of weeks we can talk about Terminator Salvation, one of the best movies ever made, <laughs> with giant robots firing motorcycles out of their arms. And Chekhov <sighs> is... Um, Kyle, Kyle Reese. Reese. Yeah. Weakter, weakter. And his, yeah, his best friend is a mute little black girl, and they attack giant like rubber-skinned robots with chain guns for arms and, and boots. Fake CGI Arnold. Yep. And mm. uh, Sam Worthington and Christian Bale have a battle for who has the best American accent. Mm. Yeah. It's a pretty tight movie. You're going to love it. I don't even remember much of that movie, probably for good reason. I don't want to remember it, though. I, th- I think that's where a lot of them got away, though, because, like, Terminator 1 has a, a pretty tight plot, but I, that's partially because of necessity. They couldn't afford to have crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Terminator <clears throat> 2 has a tight plot, despite having a lot more money. Yes. Like, it all kind of goes together, and then it starts to get a little out of control with Terminator 3. You can, they're still kind of on the road. Mm, I think it prays more there than you're giving it credit yeah, for. Yeah, Terminator 3 is a god-awful piece of shit i mean just because like the I mean, first two movies form a closed circle and that thing fuck that i but i think yeah. that if you if they all of them have to exist terminator 3's plot makes more sense than terminator salvation yes I, yeah. there's no argument there that's like, all i'm saying that terminator 3 it's like it's it's still i mean salvation and genesis definitely are the bottom of the shit pile so like i'm, I'm just saying like they kind of got away like in gradual stages like terminator 2 tight terminator 1 tight Terminator 3, yeah, it, yeah, they're kind of off course, but they're sort of in the box. Terminator Salvation is just like they threw the script out the window or threw the pages down the stairs and just picked them up like, okay, here's our shooting order. They have like token bits, like they have a foot in the box. The rest of it's like outside of the box for three in my opinion. But then like, yeah, Salvation, they're just like waving their dick around like robots, like rah! Yeah, so. John Connor's a super commando who jumps into the ocean to go to a submarine and Sam Worthington's a robot who doesn't know he's a robot but wants to become a real little boy. Um, forgot about that. <laughs> so You're going to remember. Uh, Skynet is his Geppetto. This is going to be one of those movies that like, I'm going to like have to watch in like 30-minute segments because I just like get so angry at it or something. Yeah, probably. Great, okay. Yeah, Skynet was tricking him all along. This is our, our, you know, 50-year plan. Ha-ha, you fell for it. <laughs> yeah, one of those. It was like a Dragon Ball Z episode. It's like it was planned all along. 
Oh, you know, actually, this uh, Terminator 2 actually made me think of uh, Dragon Ball in the middle of it for some reason, because um, I was thinking to Genesis, mm-hmm. and, like, the way they killed the T-1000 so quickly in that movie reminded me of, like, Dragon Ball when, like, they, like, fight Frieza the whole season, and then, like, he shows up for, like, one episode the next season, and he just, like, gets wasted. Just like that with the T-1000. Oh, he just yeah. like Mecha Frieza getting cut in half and blasted. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like exactly that in Genesis. I was thinking that during the movie. I'm like, huh. Yeah. Because he like exited like 15 minutes in like Frieza would in season two. <laughs> There's a thesis paper in there somewhere. Yeah, there probably is. A couple hundred pages of analysis. Probably not. Some kid at UC <laughs> can write that. Yeah. Okay, they're I listening. Mean, I mean, you can take that idea. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, you don't need to credit me or anything. <laughs> Not to mention this would be a really weird, like, how do you even, like, can you um, use a credit or a reference for a, bod- a podcast and a paper? You like, can. Oh, yeah. An MLA way to, like, format that. I'm yep. sure MLA has had to update itself. You can go to Citation mm-hmm. Machine and have it do it for you. But don't use Citation Machine because you have to learn the value of doing it yourself. It's built yeah. into Word. You can just throw in all your shit and say, like... like all the <laughs> academics who write their own papers don't use their own automated citation thing. Oh, they use yeah. research assistants to do everything. That's what I mean, automated. <laughs> <laughs> as far as they're concerned, it's a robot, so... Arnold's a robot. You no, know, he's a cyborg. You're right. He's a cybernetic right. organism. Mm-hmm. One of my other Even favorite deleted scenes. Tissue of a metal endoskeleton. That was that in the movie. The deleted scene I showed you a couple weeks ago. Which one? What? The word Lindel, Lindel, Linda Hamilton and her sister are like on um, the side of the. It was mirror. in the movie, the version I watched. I yeah. don't know if it was a deleted scene or it, not. It is. Yeah, it wasn't in the theatrical. So you watched the like restored version, definitely. Then. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, like, little not-CGI special effect, or practical effect cheats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To explain for everybody else, it's like Arnold's, they're, know, they're doing something in his head. They're going to take out the chip so he can start learning. Yeah, like his inhibitor chip or whatever. Yeah. Some kind of thing. But they had to shoot it in a mirror, and not to have the camera rig obviously reflected in the mirror. What they did is they had Linda Hamilton on facing the camera, and then her twin sister was behind Arnold, and they were kind of, you know, doing the Bugs Bunny thing of matching each other's motions to make it look like they were on the other side of the mirror. Yeah, so Arnold was on the other side of the mirror, which would be the reflection. Yes. Yeah. And then Linda Hamilton was on the non-reflected side of the mirror, and you could see her face. Arnold and Linda Hamilton were together, and then Arnold body double and... Well, no, it was the other way around. Don't you see his face, though? You only see Arnold's face in the reflection. Yeah, yeah. And then you only see Linda Hamilton... Her sister's hand. Yeah. In the reflection. And like the back of her head. And you see. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was but, a pretty good cheat, though. No, it was. It was a fun way to do that, I guess. Now it would be like they're sitting on an office chair surrounded by green blobs, and somebody has a blue blob on a stick that they're turning back and forth <laughs> with a slightly different shade of blue blob on front of them on the table to be the mirror. Yes. And it would cost $6 million and take three weeks in a Chinese render farm. More intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe add some droids on the bottom of the screen. Have a um, lens flare. Playing football. Jabba walking behind. Yeah. What were those big things in Star Wars called? The, like, giant dinosaur-looking things with Dewbacks. Dewbacks? Well, are you talking about, like, the lizard things the the stormtroopers are riding or the big, like, Brachiosaurus things that are in Mos Eisley? Yeah, the big things. The Rontos. Those are... Rontos, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
the Stormtroopers ride the Dubax, the Ronto is the Jawa thing, and then uh, Jabba is deleted scene, restored. Uh, Where, yeah, they, like, cut the Harrison Ford negative out and moved it over the top of Jabba like a kid playing with a paper doll. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's walking on Jabba's tail, kids. Because <laughs> originally Jabba was, like, a fat Irish guy. <laughs> <laughs> You never seen the original? No. He's like a fat, like super stereotypical Patty Irish, you know, hand my boy. Yeah, and he has like some uh, <laughs> like sheep skirt done or something. Yeah, like, he's like <laughs> wearing animal furs, and he's just like this big fat dude with rings. He's like hand my boy. And it's just, Wait, that is was this like, like the the thing. So when they restored the version where Han Solo walks on his back, yeah, that was a deleted scene that originally in 1979 had the fat guy. Oh, like, we're talking, like, before they even, like, got the big rubber suit of right, Jabba. They right. had just, like, a fat Irish dude. They had the Jabba character, but then by the time Return of the Jedi came around, they were like, hmm, Jabba can't be a fat Irish guy. That's kind of stupid, so he'll be a, a worm slug guy. So George Lucas took the deleted scene with the fat Irish guy and then updated it to include the worm for 1997 or 98's, like, special, special edition. Top huh. quality. Irish Java. What is this? Oh, huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, and it's really weird, too, to have him, like, spouting off all this dialogue because they had to use Harrison Ford's original answers to all of his dialogue to put together the special, special edition scene with the shitty CGI Java. So the conversation's incredibly strained. Was this like the same? Did, did he do the voice for uh, Jabba as well, or is, did he get somebody else? I don't know who did Jabba's voice. Okay, it just sounds like somebody talked into a tin can. And they slowed I, it down. I think this is one of those scenes, original scenes that George has, you know, gone far and wide across the earth <laughs> to try to destroy any trace of it. It's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, He's I not going to get any more. Just like the holiday special, he can't get rid of it. See, I can't decide. Should we watch? Uh, what is that movie, Jingle All the Way, or should we watch the Star Wars Holiday Special for Christmas? Let's watch both of them. I mean, I... All right, that's a good plan. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've just, like, watched so many people Put discussing the Holiday Special before that they just say it's the biggest pile of garbage that's ever existed. Like, it is. But it has, funny. like, no plot or whatever. It's just, like... Random well, series of like. To be fair, there is there is a s small amount of plot. Wookie Life Day. Yeah, the plot is they have to go to Chewbacca's house for Christmas, basically, and then the rest of like the and weird. And you're just watching shit, Alien TV. Yeah, the the Alien TV shows are. But it's not even like interesting or weird. It's because just, his family's burning time before Chewbacca gets home on Christmas. Yeah. So that's it's a little tiny bit of a plot. We'll delve into it. God. <laughs> be great. We can watch it in surround sound. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, look, it's either that or Jingle All the Way. I mean, you're. I would rather watch Jingle All the Way than. So I guess we'll watch that one first. And then. You want the pain or the pleasure first? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then while we're watching Jingle All the Way, I'll have to like drink a handle of vodka, so I won't even remember like the holiday special. And we'll do the podcast right after. When you're wasted. <laughs> Sure, okay, yeah, that sounds like a plan. Yeah, there should be a Terminator Christmas movie. There, there, okay, when I was actually um, pulling up the Wikipedia articles um, before this, there's a Terminator 2, like, unofficial sequel 
that some like guy just made on his own and like called a Terminator 2 and was like, hey, it's the sequel. And you know, James Cameron is just like, no, it's not this a is the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, it was released in 1990 um, in Italian, apparently. I'm just looking at the article now. Oh, great. Yeah. So many great films come out of Italy. So <laughs> is it like the the Italian version of Captain America or whatever that came out in like 1990? Uh, I Clark, didn't. you remember that. Which, who's in that one? I, I, nobody. It's, it's like total unknowns, but it's like the worst, worst. It's like a C-plus movie. You remember, and it's like the Red Skull gets plastic surgery or something, and he's is alive it, like in the 90s or something when Captain America gets unfrozen. And was it, wait, is this the one where he, Ronnie Cox is the president, or is this the other one? Because there's two Captain Americas. There's like the one where Ronnie Cox is the president, and then there's the other one that he has like the shitty motorcycle that was uh, made in the 70s. I think it might be the motorcycle. Oh, it was like the, I think it was like 70s or 80s. Yeah. Where he had the, the little... The wings coming out of his plastic helmet. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I I always thought you were talking about Turkish Spider-Man or Turkish Star no. Wars. No. Both high quality films. What? <clears throat> I, I maybe I don't even want to know. I don't know. You should look. Everybody look up Turkish Star Wars or Turkish Spider-Man. Oh Jesus! It's a low budget post-Soviet retelling of, you know, they got a bunch of like shitty Soviet camera equipment, I guess, from Kazakhstan, shipped it over. <laughs> They they made their interpretation of Spider-Man in Star Wars. This is Man Spider. He he go on the wall and he fight for Comrade Stalin. Spider-Man, yeah. <sighs> that doesn't sound very good. No. Okay. I mean, maybe we should devote some time to watching foreign countries' attempts to remake sci-fi movies. That would actually be a pretty interesting, or just foreign sci-fi movies. You know, there's a like Solaris. Never heard of it. Is it good? Yeah, it's a. Oh, okay. It's based on a book by a Polish author. I feel like I've heard of that before for some reason, but maybe I'm thinking of a different soul. There was type a remake thing. that they made here with George Clooney in like 2002. Maybe. Of that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Okay. Hey, The Rock was on Star Trek Voyager, so. The sky's the limit. So was Big Show. <clears throat> was Big, he his Big opponent? Big Show was on Enterprise. He's the Orion guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. But The Rock was in, uh, in Interstellar WWE. Yeah. Yeah, and Voyager. <laughs> which you shouldn't watch. Oh. So I'll save you from that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, too, it's late. too late for us, Justin. Believe us. Oh, well, that sucks for you guys. I mean, but anyway, <clears throat> Terminator 2 is... Probably the best Terminator movie. It's just awesome in every way. There's no probably about it. Hands down, it's the best yeah. one. And I don't know. Got all like the good money shots, the minigun scene, the T1000 getting shattered, the Hasta la Vista baby. The awesome what, what shot more of him is there to being say? blown up with <clears throat> a grenade launcher. What more? Right. Like screaming. To <laughs> say that the. Uh, but the, the bad guy is smart. That's what I like about the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do stupid stuff. Yeah, he doesn't, like, fuck up his chances of defeating the heroes by being an idiot because the script tells him to. He's very methodical, gets the police car, finds out where John Connor lives, acts like the concerned police officer, like, oh, your son is drooling from school. He's missing. Let me help you. you have a picture I could use? So he, he cuts out Arnold's mistake in the first movie of not knowing what Sarah Connor looks like. Like, just smart stuff. 
goes progressively. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wonder, though, about, you know, as a writer, was it hard to... Was it hard to write for a robot character, or is it really, really hard to make sure that the robot character is doing things that are logical? So I wonder, like how, like either way, which is which is the harder or easier way for it to fit into like a coherent script? I would say it's pretty hard to actually write a robot being a person. So yeah, you can't think like that. I mean, there's like a little bit of I don't know if this is Robert Patrick or the script, but like to revisit Justin's point from a while ago that he gets kind of angry. Like I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go so far as to say he's angry, but he just seems like he gets annoyed. Like there are impediments to his goal. And instead of like Arnold just, you know, methodically marching through them, he's kind of like, all right, I got tricked about the dog. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Annoyed would probably be a better way to describe it. I like, buy, I buy the him being annoyed, especially yeah. when Arnold keeps fucking with him at right. the end of the movie. And he just like has to put the, th- the rod through Arnold to keep him down. But even then, like he, he just looks like he's cannot believe that he's going to fall back into the thing and melt. Yeah. Like he's just like, ah, well this didn't go the way I was expecting. Fuck. By the way, mm-hmm. him, him melting in the, the slag. Or hilarious. Yeah. It's hilarious. Especially when like he's morphing into like the fat, uh, security guard guy. Like, Whoa! yeah. Oh, the guy playing coffee cup poker. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, my lucky day. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Right through your eye. That's great CGI though, where he's like the floor tile. Yeah, that looks mm-hmm. it looks believable. That's what I like about the effects in this movie. They all look believable, except for what Justin was saying about the the lightning bolts, yeah. the blue oh. lightning bolts. I think this is probably still back when they had to draw on the negatives to achieve that. Uh, most certainly. Yeah. yeah. So, but is this ILM? Yeah, this is. I think yeah, ILM and Stan Winston. Yeah. The power team. Yeah. And then, but Jurassic Park, same power team, right? Aliens, same power team. Well, not ILM, but, um, or I don't know if it was ILM and Aliens, but I know it was Stan Winston. But the Jurassic Park is, this is 1992 this came out? 91. 91. So Jurassic Park is filming like probably a year, a year and a half after this came out. Yeah. So you're saying at the box (laughs) office, this is like proof of concept for Jurassic Park. Well, it's like the CG, like it got to that point finally where if you had enough time and enough money and you did it correctly, you could, I think this is probably like the inflection point where you could really just start looking good, actually. Like you, you kind of still had to cheat a little bit, like putting the T-Rex in the dark a lot. And then, you know, maybe Titanic is where you get to the point where it's like, you can go ape shit because now you can like made all the different parts of the scene together. But James Cameron, I think, gets a lot of credit in my book for moving that along, going from, you know, just like the 1960s Star Trek where we're going to dump some red ink on it, and that's like the guys getting vaporized. (laughs) Yeah, to like Avatar, which by itself... Too much. Not a very good movie, but (laughs) as a testbed for an advanced technology, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, they had to invent all that new shit to film their faces on there and like... Yeah, Yeah. which was really awesome. That was actually better than the movie, watching how they made the movie for Mm -hmm. that. Because the movie was not excellent. (laughs) You're getting three more, so you better fucking like it. Yeah, when are they going to come out? I heard they were delayed. 2017, 2020, and 2025 or something? Yeah, I wonder. He's going to have to work hard. People might have forgotten about it. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the hype of the first one's gone. Like, really, are you... It's a hard thing to sell at that point. People kill themselves over that movie, though. <laughs> Did people? Yeah, they like, got so depressed that they couldn't live on Pandora. Oh yeah. yeah, I know there are people that like paint themselves and like live out their lives as you know, 
uh, the creatures or whatever. Navikin. Yeah, I couldn't remember their names. Oh, and didn't Ben Stiller host the Oscars that year dressed as a Navi? Yeah, I think that was like the crescendo of the <laughs> the trend. Yeah. They'll re-release it. They'll put it back into theaters. Oh yeah. Temporarily. Or the they'll Ocu- have like they'll give you an Oculus VR version. Oh, they'll do like. Uh, wh- See, oh. I wouldn't actually. That I think that'd be kind of cool if they did that, right? But I. Don't, yeah. Like you would, you would, because uh, you obviously wouldn't go to a theater for that, but you would download that and watch it. Yeah. That would I be pretty interesting. I can see it working, especially... The movie's probably really adaptable to that format. But the problem is it probably wouldn't... They probably wouldn't do that because there's such little market penetration for VR headsets right now. And, like, it, there might be more, like, end of this year into going into next year, but it wouldn't be something that they would spend several million dollars yeah, working on getting it to work. Yeah, I, know, I, I hate to just, like, shit on... And I could be wrong. I hate to shit on, like, the people who are pushing VR right now so hard, but it's... It's like every, the more I read about it, the more it's like I feel like this is going to take like a decade to really be a mainstream consumer thing. Mm-hmm. Like that people will be using it every day or something like that, or you know, more than a decade maybe. Yeah, I think just, AR is definitely I wish first. It, yeah, I wish it was a shorter timeline, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't seem like that since like you need <clears throat> you need really top of the line hardware to run most of these things. Well, yeah, the problem is that you need to have the, that top of the line hardware so you don't get like visual lag that'll like make you sick over time or like be detectable to like like little imperfections or you need to have like high pixel screens that are very small in front of your eyes so it's like until that becomes cheaper it's like right and and also like the just the fact that it's an obstruction um unlike a smartphone Mm -hmm. i just don't see like VR or AR things being really adaptable to everyday <coughs> life situations that you just take it wherever you go because nobody's going to do that in public. I don't think it's one of those things that would be like, I, I feel like it's more like a media consumption type thing or like video games or movies or yeah, like, that's how I see it. You're at home, you use it at when you're at home or something, or if you're at the office to maybe to work on things, but it's like you're never going to see people on the street wearing like an Oculus thing. Oh, yeah. not an Oculus. They're always going to have their smartphone or something. I think that if you can get AR to be less obtrusive than Google Glass, that would some be something. Like if it's a normal into. pair of glasses. Yeah, like if yeah. it's the pair of glasses I'm wearing right now, but you know, only I can see the projection for the AR information. I would use it all the time. That'd be great. Rather than having a big block on the side of your head that has like a camera. Yeah, I mean, if you, you, we'll eventually get to that point inevitably that it's seamless and integrated. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be there long before VR becomes like a thing, because there's you could get people in the door with AR so much more easily. Like, you know, your Google directions and shit are projected on your face. Like, just a lot more you can do with it. I think. Outside of entertainment, whereas Oculus Rift is kind of like you are deliberately sealing yourself into the VR world, and that's kind of like you need to set aside the time to be alone and do that. Yeah, Mm because I watched the Oculus event that they had uh, last week, and they Mm -hmm. were showing off the Oculus Paint app, you know, their version of MS Paint, I guess, and just it looked really cool, but I don't see it really being widely used after like a certain amount of hype. Yeah. dies down just because of how inflexible the platform is. I know we're supposed to be talking about Terminator, but <laughs> I digress. Terminator, I think we've we've talked, I've said everything I can say about Terminator. It's awesome. Watch <clears throat> it. If you badmouth it, we have issues. Watch the extended version like Justin. Yes. Yeah. 
The theatrical one's cool, but the extended one, all the deleted scenes, the deleted scenes really... Yeah, they shouldn't have been deleted, but... Yeah, time I, get, get yourself psyched up by watching the trailer for the movie on YouTube before you watch it for the first time. I, I feel like <laughs> it's one of those movies like that you can't almost watch for the first time. Like I feel like it's such it has such a penetration that like you know a lot of the points already that happen in the movie. I used to think that, and then I met a generation of kids that are like fourteen years old, and some of them don't know that it exists. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Terminator. Maybe Star Wars is the only thing that's like that. Like right. that multi-generational. Mm. Or... Yeah, well, I mean like you go to like almost anybody and like oh, you know Luke's his father, right? Or other way around, Darth Vader's his father, right? Yeah. What? Like nobody's going to be like, "Oh my god, it's like just something you hear over like growing up almost." It just it's in the culture at this point. Like, yeah, but I think Arnold is the Terminators in the culture too. But they're not such a penetration as that. I, I might be wrong. I, don't I know. would say that's probably equal as far as knowing Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator robot. But knowing the plot of the movies yeah. and having seen them, I don't think that that's like a penetration of the culture as much as like Star Wars. No, not or, the plot or yeah. anything. But I would actually argue that I think a lot of people, like younger kids today, probably wouldn't be able to tell you much about the old quote unquote Star Wars movies. They'd probably be able to tell you a lot more about Attack of the Clones, which, last-minute news item I want to include, Hayden Christensen may be making a return appearance as no. Darth Vader in Episode Eight. Yeah. But didn't he just make some, like, stupid, like, you know, I'm a Christian and I Heaven is Real movie or something? I couldn't tell he's you. he's, like, playing a guy with a Kentucky <clears throat> accent. I saw a commercial for it. But anyway, he's coming back as Anakin Skywalker. That's terrible news. Yep. My Is he, like, a force ghost or something like that? Uh, unknown. Unknown. Okay. Probably. I mean, otherwise a flashback, which would be disastrous in and of itself. Yeah. yeah whatever. Just like the Blu-ray versions. So Judgment Day is coming. <laughs> yeah. You can't stop it. You can only delay it. He's coming back. <laughs> So you think that when that happens, that the, that'll somehow trigger the launches in Russia and the U.S.? Oh, no, no. I'm just saying that, you know, movie Judgment Day is coming. Hayden Christensen is going to act again in Star Wars. The good thing about movie Judgment Day, though, is that you can always... The poison doesn't have to last forever. You can always just, like, dissolve it in something else. Like, you can watch, like, a good movie afterwards. Or just not watch that if it ends up but sucking. But, you know, you're going to see Star Wars. There's just... Like, I could sit here and tell you I'm not going to go see the new Star Wars movie, but I'd be lying because the poll is just too strong. I think they should put a trigger warning. I think I'll definitely see (laughs) the first one. And then if it ends up sucking, I'll be very critical of the second one. Like, I probably won't watch this. And then, like, I'll wait, like, two or three weeks or so or, like, a month. And then, like... Somebody would tell me, like, oh, it wasn't that bad. You should totally go see it. I'm like, "Ah." Just go to the theater when nobody's there. Yeah. So you can't be seen watching it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'll put on, like, the baseball cap and, like, big sunglasses. Right. (laughs) Nobody will recognize me, hopefully. I'm the opposite. I'm not going to see the the new one, probably, in the theater. Really? Yeah. JJ's going to have to work to get me back on board. So will you? I mean, I'm not going to be one of the people like midnight that goes there, but like maybe the weekend after type thing or something, I'd go. So if you torrent it and it's good, would you go then and go see it in the theater? Well, I would never torrent it because that would be illegal. Okay, of course. Yeah, that's right. But you know, if you somehow saw it, you saw a review that was very yeah. complete and. <laughs> 
See, covered no, every plot point and had some video. A very detailed <laughs> synopsis. I just don't think that I would be into it. Okay. The, the last three were just so fucking awful, and the Star Trek movies were just so not Star Trek that I'm concerned about what you know Star Wars light here is going to be. Yeah. So JJ's going to have to, he's going to have to prove himself innocent. All right. I'm still going to get my Captain Phasma or whatever Phasma figure or Kylo Ren figure. Well, I know that we're going to get Justin the Darth Vader toaster. Yes. So Sweet. next week's Terminator 3. Okay. Yeah. And I probably will have seen The Martian at that point, but we can talk about that later. Get excited. Yeah. Terminator 3. Terminator 3. Terminator 3. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> What a better way to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>